Hello. Hello. Oh my God, I can't believe you're here again. That's so sweet of you. Welcome to Riot Act. This is, this, oh God, I'm doing so well, man. Doing so well, wasn't you I? You were doing very well. And then I went, this, 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 <laughs> like Prince Charles having a, like. Like he'd been electrocuted. Yeah, like, like Prince Charles is a robot who malfunctions. <laughs> <laughs> It's the alternative music podcast, right? You, act. You brought it back though. I oh, know I did with that Prince Charles impression. Well, very good. You know, thank you. I used to go to school with a guy, Chris Keane. All right, Keane, shout out Chris Keane. Definitely you were going to say with Prince Charles. Uh, no, no, no. But he used to do this impression of Prince Charles, and it's like part of his visual. So he used to like pull his ears not out. You know, Prince Charles used yeah, to the ears yeah, yeah. in the eighties yeah. doing spitting image days. Um, he would pull his ears down, which right. is not accurate, and just go. We go, go on, do your impression of Prince Charles Keane, and he'd go. I was walking down the street the other day and that'd be it and that's all he'd say I don't ever remember Prince Charles saying I was walking down the street the other day like that was his catchphrase he just used to go I was walking down the street the other day when's Prince Charles ever talked about walking when has Prince Charles ever walked down the street unabated Uh, never uh, no probably not no probably I, I so there you go I'm Stephen Hill by the way Uh, that voice you can hear is Renfrey Deadman hello Renfrey hello I didn't realise we were going to talk about the royal family sorry that's fine Um, this is episode 28 of Riot Act we are not part of the 27 club no what a shame what a shame yeah what a shame we're not dead we could have died and gone gone on to become absolutely mega rich superstar famous style our families could be living off our um, estate for for many many years we could have a conspiracy theory like uh, like um, Francis Bean (laughs) Cabane I was going to say we could have a conspiracy theory that our wives killed us. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Fucking hell. <laughs> like, people listening going, what's that about? Don't worry about it. It's just it's personal. Um, anyway, uh, shout out Musicism, um, who are our partners in crime, our debonair, um, uh, oh, fuck, what are they called? Um uh, super gentleman. I'm trying to think of a Superman. cool word for superheroes um, who make like video content. Um, I can't do it. Incredible, Incredibles. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> go over to musicism.net. Over there, they have some very, very talented people uh, who uh, have the ability to talk as well. So yeah, I understand. Yeah. Who make videos that will um, propel you from the shitty, scummy crap musician that you are now into a bloody worldie. If you want to play guitar, become a better producer, become a better singer, go over there, musicism.net, um, $9.99 a month. Or if you put in Riot in capital letters at the checkout, you get yourself 25% off. Thank you to them, as always, for helping us out with the show. We appreciate that. Uh, on this week's show, Renfrey, we're going to be reviewing new albums from Ian Brown, from Bob Mould, and from Asteroid. Yay. Pretty exciting. It's a yes. good mixed week. Yeah, it is nice and mixed. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's what we like. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, before we well, before we go on, um, we've just, as we record, sit here recording today, our Rioters review that we put up of uh, 22 million by Bonnevere mm, has just gone up. Has just gone up for you, um, freeloading general yeah, public who don't give us any scum. money. So, yeah. So, basically, the, the story behind this is um, we have a patreon page it is patreon.com forward slash right act podcast if you want to come and help us out financially then please do we'd be very grateful for that um we started doing these reviews and this was the kind of the first one that was suggested to us 22 yeah. million by bonavere yeah and um, it's been really good fun we've been really enjoying yeah it's been back. really good and we've done like five now haven't we so i think if you are a yeah, we yes. have done fun. Uh, if you're a patron, then and you give some cash, then you get to suggest the albums that um, so some albums that w- that we will do, mm. and also and you get them every week. Yeah. Uh, whereas you get two a month for free, so you're getting stuff way in advance. Yeah. And also, um, 
Well, that's it, actually. That uh, is it. You make you get to make me happy as well. <laughs> but, but, um, and very select people get to make Stephen Hill happy. Mm. Um, the I think the patrons have already got five episodes. Yeah, five. So so far two, so. we've got we've done the Mount Street Preachers, um, Gold Against the Soul, twenty two million by Bunny There. Uh, we Nick have Cave done Nick Bursies. Cave's Murder Ballads. More about Nick Cave in a very 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 short amount of time oh, yes. um we did hawkeyes everything is fine that's the latest one to go up and we also did oasis is stand on the shoulder of giants there so we there go. five that are, that are coming and do you want to talk about the next one as well the next one is going to be frank turner mm. england take mm. my bones keep but there you go take. Don't, don't take it keep them england take keep england keep my take well the is quote is called? the <laughs> quote is england keep my bones it's a yeah. shakespeare quote come I, on oh, oh yeah fuck it is it's All from right, king john enough. mate king john look not a good play have to say yeah very overrated mm. <laughs> he's done some good ones oh shakespeare i mean yeah he's done some, he's good, done some, ones. He's done some good ones but that what's your not... favorite shakespeare uh the merchant of venice really love the merchant that's the of one venice. with the garters right the yellow garters no that's fucking no. 12th night isn't it yeah yeah the so. yellow garters, idiot um <laughs> i was in this is like i was in not gonna ask me mine i was in hold on let me i'm still talking about <laughs> merchant of venice don't ask me something and then go just as a ruse to fucking get to talk about yourself you <laughs> absolute shit out <laughs> um so uh, i was in the merchant of venice at drama school mm-hmm. and shylock was played by davu gadami who you might know as kush from eastenders who was on strictly come dancing last year and i tell you what if people laugh about people that are on um soap operas and stuff Darth is was he was absolutely incredible as shylock yeah incredible he's a brilliant actor yeah, really really brilliant not in EastEnders, but um. <laughs> the t- the, the, but the turnaround in EastEnders. I mean, this is a bit yeah. off. But the turn like you get the script know, like two yeah. days in advance, and like how are you meant to like? And yeah, you can't polish a turd basically. So yeah. no, no, um, he's good, but he's good. What, so go on. What's your favourite show? There, uh, it's got to be Titus Andronicus, mate. Titus oh, Andronicus is bloody as fuck. It is metal as fuck as well. I reckon. Mm. Um, it's like uh, so Titus's um, niece gets raped and she gets her hands cut off and her tongue cut out Mm. and her rapists put twigs in her stumps um does she tweet about it 10 years later (laughs) she can't tweet mate she's got twigs in her stumps um oh that's a bit it's a fictional character you know what i like about this is nobody wants this (laughs) this chat Nobody wants it, <laughs> and I've just made it really horrible. I'm, as I'm well. just telling you, Titus is metal as fuck. Yeah, it's no, really no, it's good. good. Yeah, anyway, it's good. Shakespeare. Uh, don't say we don't give you culture on this show, <laughs> you bastards. Um, so anyway, uh, we got that coming up. But we've also we've we've done a couple of specials this week. Just gone that will be going out. Some really exciting for ones. Free. Yeah. Um, you spoke to Devin Townsend. Yeah, the absolute legend about his new record. Yes, amongst um, other things, uh, which has been announced, hasn't it? I'm mm-hmm. not doing it. Cool. Uh, called Empath, which is I can't. Oh, I wonder if I can say if I've heard it or not. Let's pretend. Let's I... say look. Let's say you haven't. Right. <laughs> okay. I uh, haven't heard it. If you it. do, then. <clears throat> but I'm. But yeah. I I, I think imagine... you might assume you might have done because <laughs> if you talk to him about the album and you haven't heard it. That'd be a rubbish interview. <laughs> it would be rubbish, wouldn't it? Mm. Mm. Anyway, I talked to Devin and um, I mean, that's not going to be going up for a little while, probably towards the end of March, but um, we're going to do some, we're going to go in big on Devin. Yeah. Uh, because rumour has it that the album's quite good. Right, okay. <laughs> not that you'd know. Didn't give away anything, did I? No. Whereas <laughs> I, um, the next day, went up to Alexander Palace to meet Winston from Parkway Drive. Hello. Hello, Winston. And we spoke... 
Um, kind of predominantly about Abattoir Blues and the Lyra of Aphelius. Um, by Orpheus. Nick, Orpheus. Why do I keep saying Aphelius? I've always... I tell, you, I tell you what, do you know, you do that, right? And you pull, you roll your eyes. You, I did roll my eyes. You did. And do you know what? I've never picked up on it, but you call Zuropa by you two Zupra. It's Zuropa, oh, right? Indeed, oh, so yeah. don't fucking step to me, right? With your... That's easier to say, right? <laughs> well, he, t- he talks about sticking it up his orifice. That's why it has to be Orpheus. Oh, he does, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. But look, mate. Yeah, okay. Orpheus. <laughs> Just, I can't say things. Oh, we're going to have a punch up by the end of this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. We're getting well there. It'll be good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so uh, we spoke about that record. And we spoke kind of b- more broadly about Nick Cave. There's a good chat about Skeleton Tree in there. There's a really good chat about Winston going to see uh, Nick Cave recently and the sort of stuff that uh, on a sort of spoken word tour, which sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. And, um, and how that has kind of influenced Parkway Drive as a band and as Winston as an artist. And it was really, really interesting because obviously you don't initially think of Parkway Drive and Nick Cave, really although don't. there are loads and loads of parallels when you get into it. So I'm really happy with that. And I think that's probably a good a good point to lead in to talk about what we saw live this weekend. I was I I will shall I go back to Parkway Drive and we'll talk about Ithaca first? Let's do that. Let's do I think we well, we're talking Partway Drive. Let's okay, we're talking Partway Drive, so let's talk Partway Drive. So Partway Drive did their biggest am I right? I don't know if I'm right, it's their biggest ever headline show anywhere ever. Must but be in the certainly, UK. Well, without yeah. any question of a doubt, yeah. it was in the UK. Uh, Alexander Palace sold out. Sold out Alexander Palace, which for an an Australian metallic hardcore band is madness. Mm-hmm. Right? Um Diet is Murder opened. I thought Diet is Murder were great. CJ was on impeccable form. It's, like, it's so great to see CJ back in Diet is Murder. Uh, are you a fan? I presume you're not a fan of Diet is really, Murder. No. no, okay, I didn't think so. Um, but I, I, I've gone back to this, and like particularly Hate and Holy War. Those two albums mm. I really, really liked when they came out. And um, yeah, it was good to see them like owning a massive stage because mm. obviously it's a massive massive they stage they usually play but, like the underworld don't they yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and those songs sounded super humanly large and shout out like, actually I, I was listening to them sound check um, as I was coming out of the interview they, uh, with Winston they were sound checking I was like oh they sound really good but I'd had a similar thing here in AFI sound check with the Deftones uh, a few years before so I was oh. like I'm not counting my chickens That's yet but a shame, yeah. they, they did really really well as that's cool and they sounded good they sounded really That's good. great yeah cool. I thought they were great Fuck me, Killswitch Engage. Oh my God. Oh my God. Killswitch Engage that looked like headliners. Cool. In any other gig, any other day, Killswitch Engage would would be the, the thing you were talking about. They were fucking brilliant. Like mm-hmm. fucking brilliant. Jesse just sounds so, so good at the moment. Um, yeah, it was just... After years and years and years, like, you know, I wasn't really keen on that last album, but they opened with Strength in of the Mind. Incarnate? In, in, incarnate. Incarnate, yeah. But they opened with Strength of the Mind, which is like the best song on that. <laughs> yeah, album, always, yeah. like, that is a banger. And it just, it barely, barely dropped from that point on. You know, you're talking like, you're talking about legit classics from that scene, from kind of the band that popularized that music, essentially. And they still. Like, I think they're, I, you know, I really, really love Killswitch Engage. And it's when you go and see them and they're brilliant like that, that you realise how brilliant they are. And actually, one of the things that was great was that 
I don't know. Not great, but like Adam D didn't say anything. Adam D used oh. to be up there. I'm gonna fuck your cornflakes out of your butthole and yeah. all this sort of stuff in between. So he didn't the say goofy anything. Goofy one. It was quite goofy, and it just I don't know. Like him not doing that. I'm not saying that. Do you think they turned around to him and gone, can you stop fucking doing Maybe. that now? Uh, yeah. but, and it just, you, you focus more on Jesse and it just makes you more, like that doesn't really get you pumped up listening to Adam. It just sort of makes yeah. you laugh and then yeah, they stop. Yeah, yeah. But there was a real like fluidity throughout the set uh, that I've, I've not often seen. And when you've got so, so, so many bangers, it was brilliant. Mm. Um, I will say even, um, even as a, you know, nowhere near as big a fan as you, when I saw Killswitch with uh, Iron Maiden, mm. Jesse impressed me f- an- enormously. I yeah, thought he, he is I, great. He's, uh, his pipes are fucking incredible. Mm. So even, fair play. Even dedicated a song to Joe Nally from Urn, which is... Did he? Yeah, not a big deal, really. <laughs> Who wants to get a song dedicated to him? Not a big deal. Wow. Who cares? Uh, anyway, <laughs> Parkway Drive. Now... Um, Parkway Drive are fucking brilliant live. They are they are legitimately top draw live. Always. Right, they're fucking amazing. Oh, like every single time I've ever seen them, it's just been like, wow, you don't know where to look, you don't know what to do, you don't know. Da, da, da. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's I think people have this I've seen people going, you know, like, oh, the show's so big and there's this like not reliance on pyro, but certainly since they stepped up to Brixton, the light show and the pyrotechnics and the spinning drum kit and all that kind of stuff has been something which, uh, which I think is amazing. Like I've never seen a more spectacular. You know, like they're 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 within touching distance of Ramstein. Mm. What was cool about Saturday, what I thought was really cool, is it feels to me now like Parkway Drive. There were times on the Aya tour where I saw them I thought it was amazing, where it just felt like they were going, let's chuck everything at it. Let's chuck, literally chuck every single thing at everything all the way through. That's always been my thought on the right, live, okay. I have to say. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm curious as to what you're going to say here. What I'm going to say now is that that set felt so much more focused. And when, oh, the, when, the, when the flames hit or when the lasers or when they, when they did something cool and there were enough times where it wasn't just about fire and it wasn't just about huge lights. It was about the mood. I think the pacing of the set was brilliant. I thought the new songs from Reverence, like I've not really spoken much about Reverence, but I think like, I love Aya. Like I really, really love Aya. It's and I think my favourite Parkway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's probably just about mine because I think the high points on it are so high. Mm. But I actually think Reverence as an album is probably cohesively better. Uh, It's a weird one. I think it it depends what day you catch me on as to which Mm. one is, you know, better. Um, And, you know, the the new songs that were slipped in from that record, I thought were were incredible. Did Um, they play a lot from it? They played a fair bit from it. I mean, it was was a really good kind of mix of, of everything. And, you you know, you... To, to see a song like Carrion, and which I seems to be one that I always mention from the kind of older stuff, it's just so, it's so anthemic. And it, it's a type of music where that kind of early metalcore, metallic hardcore stuff that they do, that pure kind of beatdown riffing, like you don't always necessarily think of that as being particularly anthemic really like a lot of it is to do with chug and mosh and it's definitely the and... last two albums where mm, the anthemic mm, stuff's mm, come mm. in yeah, but yeah. when you hear people like singing guitar leads and stuff like they were 
I mean, it yep. was great. And they also... Um, even on the earlier material? Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. And they, they even had... Uh, it was stuff like they had a... Um, like a string section where they had like kind of violins and uh, cellos on stage. come out on, on stage, like a kind of appear up behind them. And oh, that's cool. Like, that's fucking cool. And, you know, like it's so wicked to see a band who, I mean, it's something we touched on a little bit in the interview with Winston is that to see a band, uh, what you were saying the other week about architects, which I, you know, for the record, I don't still don't agree with it, but you know, I, I really think that, you know, I, there is, um, Definitely a difference between Parkway Drive and all of those other bands in as a, in the amount that they have in the, in the jump that they have been willing to make. We spoke last week about Bring Me the Horizon, where I was like, they have changed a lot, mm. but it feels like an incremental slow change. Whereas Parkway Drive basically did three albums of quite similar stuff, albeit all at a very high quality, and then suddenly made this massive jump. And I don't think Reverence has made like a huge 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 jump away from that but i think there's enough stuff on it where you go i think there might be one more massive jump in them at, at some point which is really really exciting and I, for them to be bringing on cellos and all this kind of stuff yeah. like and to be really leaning on you know i felt like i lent quite a lot on Regents machine and i Maiden. there's a lot of maiden on the new album yeah. there's also a lot of black album era metallica as well yeah um and then there's the sort of tom waitsy you know, the Nick Cave stuff that we, like I say, which we will be talking about, so I won't go mad into that. But um, but they are a band who are prepared to take risks. And they're a band yeah. who seem to feel like they're constantly honing, constantly chiseling what it is they do. And um, I agree more so than their peers, definitely. Which yeah. is why I, um, I'm not a massive fan, but I have more time for Parkway than I do a lot of their contemporaries, I mm. have to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, for me, them and Architects really, really, really are the two standout bands. I think, you know, While She Sleeps have got an album coming out soon, and I, I think that will be uh, something as well, if I can say that. <laughs> um, uh, Your yeah. review's out in Mel, haven't you? Oh, yeah, my so review's you out. Can kind well, of say that, you know, I don't want to... Sure, sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, but, but, but basically... It was a fucking fantastic, multi-varied heavy metal show with real drama and pomp, and it it felt like it felt like watching a show. It felt like watching a show much more than you know, like as much, I love the Architect show, but Parkway Drive felt much more like this. They've really thought about a proper show architects to me feel much more we go on and play and we're just these dudes and it's all very personal it's all very you know and and you know obviously part we have that as well they're not dressing up or anything you know mm, they just look mm. like normal dude but there is a real desire to to bring back showmanship i'm really pleased about that because i do think that um so i've only really seen um what i will call this iteration of parkway um and really i mean i uh afterwards yeah um at uh the metal hammer golden gods so it's not it's not the greatest um comparison because i fucking awesome right? it was it was good fun but like that's the only time that i've seen them with all the fire and all that kind of yeah. thing and it was super cool but there was a sense there when i saw it that it was kind of like uh zack snyder film in that like it's all spectacle and not a lot going on under the surface so it's cool to hear which is kind of like one of my issues with the architect stuff so that's interesting to hear that you think it's more of a show like the way that nine inch nails would craft a show or something that's like that. a really really brilliant comparison actually okay cool probably more so 
than Ramstein in a lot of ways. I'm, well, Ramstein, Ramstein's an interesting one because obviously people always go on about the pyro, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there is stuff like cooking flark in a pot yeah. and, um, you know, babies coming down with lasers and then them exploding. And that whole amazing thing, thing they did at the uh, O2 Arena where they just come down on that platform and walk across mm. for about 10 minutes. That is that yeah. is a show. And that's well, part of it is start walk it. through the crowd holding like big flaming torches and stuff like through the crowd of Ali Pali. Like, oh, that's cool. just fucking... That's wicked. Yeah. And then at the end, Winston like came on in complete darkness, but just holding like a, a bottle and then lit the sort of the touch paper and then threw it at the thing at the back, which exploded. And oh, all that's that cool. stuff's like, it's really fucking really wicked. That's awesome. And they announced on stage that they are going to be headlining the Bloodstock Festival this year. Say what? Which is... I'm furious! <laughs> which is great. <laughs> I think it's great. Now, yeah, of course so. I, I think I have to eat a little bit of humble pie on that uh, as a thing, Renfrey, because I was adamant that they weren't going... I was like, no way. It's too early in Bloodstock's evolution. They're a band. They're gonna, they can't just turn up and be headliners, a band from that world. So... I'm surprised, I, but I have to say I'm I'm delighted and ple- I'm pleasantly surprised. Did you not know until um... I didn't actually? I don't, oh. I don't know how I. Everyone's like, "Oh, the worst kept secret." I've known secret. for months. <laughs> oh, the worst kept secret. I was like, "Oh, Muggins Hill never got any fucking word of it." Cheers, I just guys. assumed you knew. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Unless I just skim reading my emails or something. Like I didn't. I genuinely didn't know. But. I am really, really delighted. I mean, the internet isn't a surprise. No. The internet has, I mean, some of the shit that people wrote on the internet has made That's Liam moronic, Neeson look reasonable, right? <laughs> it has been fucking mental. Don't you dare write that down. We can say that. <laughs> like, we can no, say no, no, that. no, no, no. I'm, I'm putting it as an episode title. All oh, right. <laughs> what, reasonable Liam Neeson? <laughs> Fuck, mate. No, it's probably well, a good issue, isn't it? Yeah. Be yeah, yeah, yeah. us and John Barnes just like. <laughs> Sat in a cell somewhere. Let's not have that. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, so uh, the internet has been very adamant that uh, that Partway Drive aren't blood, or a download band or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Um, there seems to be, uh, I, I mean, even as someone who isn't, you know, I've been very vocal about not being a fan of Metalcore, blah, blah, blah. Even I was stunned at the amount of people who don't appear to think that metalcore is a subgenre of metal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, Funny, wow. I've seen Parkway Drive compared to Hailstorm. Right. To Motionless in White. Yeah, okay. And of course, the famous 1975 quote as well, where 1975 will be headlining next. I mean, that's not a direct comparison, but I have seen somebody saying, like, oh, they're they're more like Hellstorm than Carcass. They're actually more like Carcass than Hellstorm. I mean, they're not anything like either of them. Well, also, let's point out of the three headliners at Bloodstock, they are easily the heaviest, Mm -hmm. like by quite some distance, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's try and get to the bottom of this. Why? Why do you think people do it? Why is it image? Is it? Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think that's? Well, it, I'm. It? So I'm. Bloodstock do not need me to to speak for them. Oh no! But I'm, they're doing a brilliant job of it. Like by effectively mocking. Yeah. And a lot of them. them. See, a lot of these people now are making shitty comments, and everyone's sort of just laughing at them because yeah, it's yeah, that yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going, "Well, you shouldn't laugh at me." And again, like I was saying last week, bring me the horizon. Yeah, we should laugh at you. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, should. Definitely. I mean, my thought, people always go, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. I actually don't think that. You're entitled. I think you're entitled to an informed opinion. You're entitled to an informed opinion. Yes, exactly. you're entitled to an informed opinion. So when people are saying like, I haven't heard this band, but I've seen a picture of them. 
and one of them's got short hair mm. and they're smiling so they're not metal mm. like that is a ludicrous fucking thing to say and what is amazing to me like one of the one of the few arguments that i heard where i was like okay that's not a bad argument was that somebody said i feel like this is um people complaining because they believe that bloodstock has, al- has always kind of been built up on a more european type of metal okay. and this is a much more what Ameri- one might call a traditional yeah metal. kind of traditional metal like the more european but you know like yeah. if you think go back to kind of egg guy uh, like, and denim and leather yeah, basically and, we're and, saying aren't we uh, who we think like the early kind of sort of folk metal overkill and, yeah and well, not not folk metal but no no, no but um yeah there are lots of obviously i, I just genuinely like well nightwish are one of the first nightwish, so yeah. that kind of thing yeah uh, that kind of traditional metal thing Folk metal, power metal, uh, yeah, all that. And um, symphonic stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, that's all well and good saying that. But thrash metal has always been open, like it's been welcomed in with open arms to 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 Bloodstock. Absolutely. Um, A lot of people I saw saying Anthrax should be headlining. Yeah, so, (laughs) so that kind of negates that because thrash obviously is, you know, basically an American invention. Yep. Um, and yes, it leans heavily on the new wave of British, the new wave of uh, the new wobble. New band, wave of British, British heavy, heavy metal. metal bands. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't say that. And um, and it, you know, aesthetically looks like heavy metal cliches, mm-hmm. doesn't yep. it? Yeah, don't know. But unless you are completely ignorant to the history of metal music, you would know that hardcore. Early American hardcore play uh, plays an absolutely crucial role in the development of thrash metal, yep. like Circle Jerks and Black Flag and the Dead Kennedys Misfits, and Misfits maybe. and Minor Threat yep. play an absolutely crucial Tears role. Well. Yeah, in 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 changing, you know, what was people standing still in denim jackets, lifting their their beers up and sort of slowly banging their head into circle pits and mosh pits and you know and all like yeah metal plays a part but i think you know people who are like well this is this is metal core and it's trash and blah 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 punk has always been such a massive part of thrash which has been such a massive part of metal Mm. and the same with a band like napalm death would be opened in would be invited into bloodstock with open Open arms arms. and they're a punk band yeah and i don't see how people can go metalcore isn't metal when partway drive are using the same you know essentially the same sort of template but moved on 20 years from bands that were were coming through in the 80s like they've they're on epitaph they've come from a punk rock background yes Mm -hmm. but they play metallic riffs i mean that's what those bands did the bands who they were probably listening to you know integrity and you know we we could name all of the kind of the forebearers of metallic hardcore from agnostic front to integrity to converge to you know whoever up to kill such engage those bands have a very very strong punk rock aesthetic and a very very strong metallic sound so to me it's such a weird I just cannot understand why there's suddenly been this cut off. Like, you know, I've got to be honest, I've not been particularly happy with what's happened to hardcore in a lot of ways mm. and where metalcore's gone over the years. But it stops being becoming metalcore for me when you take the punk rock out of it. Mm. A band like Of Mice and Men are not metalcore to me because 
The core stands for hardcore, which is punk. What's punk about with Mice and Men? Literally nothing. Mm. Nothing to do with punk rock at all. It's not the fucking lack of metal. When people call Trivium a metal band, like, you know, as much as I like Trivium, they've got nothing to do with punk. Nothing to do with punk mm. whatsoever. Mm. Whereas, you know, they're, they're pinning these bands. I, 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 it shows such an unbelievable lack of understanding and comprehension about the history of metal. These people who are the forebear, these kind of guardians of what metal is, you don't even understand. I remember once talking about metalcore on, or somebody seeing someone writing about metalcore on, um, obviously the Metal Hammer Facebook page a few years ago, and I was like, what? Well, what metal band should like if if metalcore bands aren't metal bands and what band are a metal band? And he said Napalm Death, and I went right. Napalm Death are a punk band, mate. Mm. They're 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 not even a, they're not a metal band at all. They're a fucking punk band. Like they're a fucking cross punk band. Do you think do you think like if you took a spread of Napalm Death's influences, a very you know like Celtic Frost. That's it. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it. For in terms of actual metal influences on Napalm Death, they listen to fucking Sonic Youth. They listen to Sonic Youth and Throbbing Gristle and Crust Punk, you know, Discharge. Yeah. Like they're not listening to, to Iron Maiden. The R.I. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I, Suicidal Tendencies are basically, for me, exactly the same approach as Parkway Drive. Mm. Were people complaining about Suicidal Tendencies? No, because they're old and they look different. Yeah. That's it. And it is it is fucking phenomenal how ignorant those people are. Like it's phenomenal, I and it's not your opinion. It's not you don't like Parkway Drive. Fine, that can be your opinion. Yeah. They are not metal, and they've got nothing to do with metal. That isn't your opinion. That is a bullshit, like ill-educated, ill-thought-out, stupid, f- my ears are fucked thing to say. Yeah, it's and it's so boring at this point. It, it is boring, and it definitely shows a massive lack of understanding of not only the genre but how music works as well. I've seen arguments saying that Anthrax have sold twelve million records. Have Parkway Drive sh- sold anywhere near twelve million records? Well. No. Anthrax has been around for 30 Anthrax years. Have been, exactly. Anthrax have been around for fucking decades when mm. people were buying records mm. and things are judged on different criteria now because of the nature of the way that the industry cha- has changed. But it's just a certain faction of people who just aren't willing to change and are just stubbornly sort of putting their foot in the ground and saying, this is how it's always been and this is how it always will be. But that's it, it won't always be like that. No, it and won't. You know, festivals need to change to survive. And this is undoubtedly a good thing for Bloodstock. And I'm, I'm saying all of this as someone who isn't particularly even a Parkway Drive fan. Although actually, after hearing your review about it, I do want to see them live now again, because it's been a little while and it'd be nice to see them. So, but like, it's just, I think, I think another reason though is something which is, becoming quite prevalent just in internet um society if you will and that's just if people people are desperate for attention yeah and if people voice an opinion that is either incredibly controversial or incredibly or so wrong they know they'll get attention Mm. and i think it's insanely sad it's 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 the katie hopkins approach Mm in a way like that's what trolls are basically it's it's kind of saying something so pitifully either awful or just incorrect um that 
attention is foisted upon them. And it's really sad that people feel this need to do that. I think it's a combination of both. I think some people are doing it purely for attention. I think some people are genuinely just pig ignorant and have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's safe to say that we all expected this to happen. I'm I'm sorry that no one told you, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) But like secretly, whenever Steve's not been in the room, we've all been talking in the industry about... It was a nice surprise for me. (laughs) When Winston said it on stage, I went, oh, and looked around and everyone went, yeah. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah, guys, did you not hear that? And they were like, yeah. We've all kind of been secretly waiting for this to happen and 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 going oh great well the trolls are going to have an absolute riot Possibly. aren't they mm-hmm. and actually to give bloodstock credit like they announced it and then immediately afterwards put a gif up which is basically a man eating popcorn you know just yeah. waiting for the shit to come in so they you know they know their audience I, and i'm not saying that everyone at bloodstock is like that because that's definitely not the case like most people at bloodstock are actually this fucking is the thing, awesome. i've never met any of these people at bloodstock. no it's crazy isn't it I've they do never ever I've been to Bloodstock a, a whole bunch of times and I fucking love it. It's my favourite festival, yeah. basically. Like, it's I lovely. love it. It's right? a lovely, it's lovely a, environment. It, and it feels like, you know, people who are, who are worried about, oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm too chilled out and I don't just want to listen to fucking power metal and folk metal. But, you know, those bands play and I don't, you know, I didn't want to watch Hailstorm last year and I don't no. want to watch Sabaton this year. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. <laughs> and, uh, and I, you know, but... I understand why Sabaton headline, and I think it's a it's a good booking for that festival. They yeah. brought another headliner through, like the people. It, it feels like it's representative of three very different, very different things. And I think they every year they have done that brilliantly, exactly. and they've done it again. It's a really good spread if you think about it. Um, Sabaton, <laughs> who are neither my cup of tea or yours, but Parkway Drive, who I totally understand why are there, mm. and it absolutely makes sense. And I do think this year is the year that they should do it. You know, and Scorpions are so well respected yeah, as course. well. Like, it totally makes sense. Um, but uh, people are ignorant and stupid, I suppose. But, you know, what can you do? I, I, I partly wondered whether we should talk about this or not, because part of me was kind of like, those people just want attention, and I suppose this is giving it to them. But... I suppose everyone's talking about it within the metal industry, so it's only fair that we give our two cents. But um, yeah, it's stupid. It's just—it's really stupid. I don't know why. And when you look at the rest of the bill, people are going, "What a shit bill!" It's like they got fucking rotting Christ headlining the second stage. Yeah. Shit bill, you stupid. Code bastard. Orange, Code and or- Cradle. yeah, and like Cradle of Filth, Dimmu Borgir, like it's massive. Yeah, Dimmu Borgir. I saw this as well. Um, someone saying Dimmu Borgir should be headlining. Dimmu just played the Roundhouse. Which is 3,000 capacity, and Parkway Drive just played a sold out Alley Pally, which is three times the capacity. Yeah, but then you get people going, wow, One Direction, maybe they should headline because they're bigger than all of them. And again, that shows just a, you know, you're being silly. Yes. You know, you're being silly. Yeah, exactly. And you're being silly. No one's saying, because I I was going, oh, well, they must, when people go, they're really big, so they must be good, Mm. right? Mm. Then you go, well, that doesn't mean fuck all. Yeah. But if you're saying that they're really big, ergo they should headline yeah yeah and i mean where do you fucking draw like people are so anal about genres and stuff like uh, we're gonna talk about ian brown in a bit get ian brown at blood i'd fucking love seeing ian brown. <laughs> ian brown at bloodstock in between code orange and soulfly that'd be I, fucking great i think that'd be crossing a line but um I'd like but, it. <laughs> but um yeah i mean i've seen some people saying that like i've done 
I've done dumps heavier than Parkway Drive. And, you know, if you have, you have a yeah, serious problem. Doctor. Yeah, like sort yourself out. There was one, I noticed Metal Hammer's, um, uh, like... Stirring the pot, weren't they? Stirring the pot a little yeah. bit. And one of them was like, this is, oh, the, 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 the best comment was, this is the biggest disappointment since my son. Yeah, which I believe they stole off of Red Letter Media as well. So uh, don't well, even get originality points for that, I'm afraid, buddy. I'll, Sorry. Cut, I'll cut it. Fuck them. No, you, you can have it. <laughs> You're just mugging them off. I'm mugging that person off. Um, so anyway, Parkway Drive were fucking excellent. I can't wait for Bloodstock. I looked at the lineup recently and, you know, because there have been a few where I've looked at it and gone, well, I'm obviously still going to go, but I'm not as, I haven't been as psyched about the lineup as previously. And I looked at it today and I was like, nah, it's really good. Mm. It's I, th- really I good. think I think it will be, uh, Parkway Drive is clearly a very good thing for the festival. And I think it will be the equivalent of when Slipknot first headlined download. If yeah. you recall back then, people moaned and moaned and moaned and moaned. And now no one even bats an eyelid. No. But I have to say, I have to admit, I am surprised because I did say Architects, Parkway, you know, um, Killswitch, Asking Alexandria, I was like, I don't think, although I don't think Asking Alexandria is the same as those other bands I mentioned, yeah, yeah. but I did go, I it, I would be surprised if one of them just go, ping, headliners, mm. because Parkway are, they're the most, they're the most punk, well, actually, Motorhead are headliners, they're not the most punk, <laughs> but like, they're kind of the most punk band that the most, that have ever headlined. There's still a fuckload of punk rock in, in Parkway Drive, yeah, but do you know what I mean? So know, I mean, th- but and these, that's where these these uh, we talk about this a lot on the show. The, these divisions are so fucking stupid. I mean, they're so 1980s, mm. you know, like which is where a lot of these people coming like, from. Yeah, and the thing is, is that they kind of, from what I understand, they were you know the punks hated the metalheads back then, but also. You look at the bills from back then, and it was loads of hardcore bands yeah. and loads of crossover bands and loads of thrash bands playing together, yeah. and loads of like oi bands and you know cross punk and so. And it, I, I, I don't know because I wasn't there, but it feels like a bit of a myth to me. Like it feels like it was the sort of thing that they like to say. My, I mean, to, you know, supposedly there were loads of fights and yeah, those I'm shows, sure blah were, blah yeah, blah. Yeah. You know, maybe I don't know. Neither of us were there, but you know, like it's just. I mean, my opinion and. I'm paid to have an opinion, uh, is um, that the majority... Not by, <laughs> Not by me. <laughs> the majority of... Um, the majority of the best music in the world across all genres is music that crosses several mm. things. Mm. Like, I, I think you historically, you can see that if yeah. you even Crazy bother time. looking... <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, you went to Ithaca. Let's, let's close up. Let's really undid my argument Sorry, with mate. one yeah, word. Yeah, let's close the book on Partway Drive. Not forever, obviously, but looking forward to Bloodstock, obviously, as ever, and it will be much better yeah. for their inclusion. Congrats, Parkway, as well. That's fucking yeah, great. Fucking and you really will good. prove all really of those really idiots good. wrong. Uh, tell us about Ithaca. We reviewed the last album. The last album? The new the album. Their album. debut album. Their debut album, yeah. Uh, I yeah. hope it's not their last album. No, I fucking hope not. So, uh, um, did a sort of album launch show. I wasn't around. Yes. I was in Gay Paris. Gay Paris. Yeah. Um, I, it was fucking great. It was at the Oblu Last in uh, East London, fashionable uh, London, East London, London East, East London, London, fashionable London, <laughs> East London. Rubbish. Uh, Shoreditch. <laughs> yeah. uh, is what I was trying to say. And um, it was packed. Good. Which was so great because no offence to the band at all. But the, when I walked in, I, I was not expecting to walk into a packed <laughs> Oblu Last. I think it was a nervous band at all, but those people were there for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, that's partly true. Um, but yeah, I walked in and the atmosphere was just so... It was kind of um, a weird juxtaposition because obviously the music that they play is fucking nasty, brutal, mm. hardcore, or whatever you want to call it. And everyone was just... The, the mood was one of celebration and joy. There were pink balloons all over the place and people were like swatting them all over the venue. Uh, the band themselves were just covered in gold glitter. Um, mm. So, Jamila, 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 Jamila. Just thinking about the spelling. You're going to have to <laughs> just admit defeat on this one, I reckon, mate. I think... You've probably, if you've got it right, you've got it right. So move on. If you've got it wrong and you're going to think, well, if I get it right, she's already offended that you don't know her name. Okay. I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. Jamila was uh, in a gold, (laughs) in a gold, like um, uh, in this huge, like gold, like spangly dress thing. Right. Why, why are you laughing? No, 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 me? because it's you're dancing while you do it. It's funny. Oh, right. Okay. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing yeah. a nice, nice. You're dance. dancing like Perry Farrell. I, I, I am, yeah. <laughs> I put, I just, I had to review this for Metal Hammer and I said something. I'm quite proud of this line, so I am going to repeat it. And I did write it. So um, I said there was more glitter on stage than uh, the final of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, you know, mm. it was that kind of, yeah, three out of five. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doing it 10, actually. <laughs> um, they were fucking amazing. They were yeah. so good. And it's, you know, when you see a band live and it just makes the record like that much better, the record yeah. just jumps up in your estimation. Like, I just really love the record even more now. Yeah, I'm re- I really want to see them live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are so tight as a unit because mm. um, they've been around for sort of four or five years. But like, you can, like, you know, they're playing very tricky technical music and it's really. They really are tight as an ass ass. Um, they had a lot of technical issues, actually. I have to say, uh, an amplifier blew up midway through the set. And yeah. little, sounds a little too OTT. Heavy too that. heavy. Yeah. Um, so they had a lot of tech issues, but to give them credit, like no one cared. Sometimes you get tech issues and it just totally like fucks the momentum of a show. Yeah, yeah. And people were just so fucking happy um, that they were there and doing what, that this album had finally been released and all this mm. kind of thing I, I, no one really cared it was brilliant That's the cool. atmosphere you know you know how the crowd like it wasn't just to do with the crowd but you know how the crowd can sometimes really make a gig yeah i think the crowd really made this one like uh, like the band were fucking amazing i'm not taking anything away from the band but the crowd were just really up for it and really seemed genuinely really happy for them. Um, and they sounded awesome. I contacted a bunch of my eight mates in the industry who run festivals and go, have you put them on your festival? Because you should afterwards, which is a pretty um, <laughs> high, like mm. that's a pretty high estimation. It's basically. Ma- imagine Michael Evis getting a text <laughs> one in the morning. Going, oh. <laughs> Ew, fuck off. <laughs> Well, it's funny you say that, but um, is uh, it? Well, you text Michael Evis, did you? Oh, I can't. I can't talk about it. But but yes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but but yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. You just mouth something at me, which is fucking cool. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> good. Well, all right. Let's move on. Um, so Renfrey, the trade-off. Hello. Last week, can we start with this candy? Good to fill. You want to start with that? Sure. Do you mind? No, not at all. Good. Candy, good to feel. Now, I was told by a bunch of people that I should have listened to this, and 
for whatever reason, I didn't get around to it. Silly me, eighteen minutes. This is what I'm. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Brevity, brevity in heavy music is one of our great underrated allies. Because this is eighteen minutes. All right, Winston Churchill. And well, that's fine. Yeah, you calling me a white supremacist? Is that, is that? <laughs> um, wow, we are zeitgeisty as fuck this week, aren't we? Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, anything about Winston Churchill. Don't care. He's dead. Um, and um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, this is uh, it is it's like brevity is fucking is great. Yeah. Like, so it's when it comes nine to songs. Nine songs in 18 minutes. 18 minutes. Um, so that's like two minutes. I don't song. think there's a single song over three minutes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, heavy as balls. Yeah. Heavy as balls. Mm. Like really heavy. Fucking aggressive. Stompy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, and just when you start to go, I think I've heard everything, they get out. And that's yeah. the trick, isn't yeah. it? That is the trick that I got about 15 minutes in and I went, I'm starting to think that maybe this is this is the lot. And rather than them go, well, hold on, well, we do it slightly differently, then maybe you'll stick around. And it made me at the end, by the time the album was over, I was like, I could definitely listen to that again. Yes, exactly. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Although they do, they do do something towards the end, which is quite strange. It's only nine tracks, but the final track is not this like ho- horrendous hardcore like noise. It's kind of more of a like nothing type track, like mm. almost shoegazy. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite major key. Yeah, and it's fucking great. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Really good. It ends in a squall of horrible noise, but you know, like that was a the first time I heard the record. I was like, that's a fucking neat trick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just it, it's just another record from last year, which I think we missed. Which we I did think miss was it, fucking yeah. and great. I a bit annoyed because I definitely should have listened to this yeah. at the time, and I a few people said that to me, and I didn't do it. But yeah, I'm glad that I did. I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say about it. It's not particularly original. And it's not. I guess not. And it's not particularly like something like you know. I mean, it's not something I haven't heard before. What and would it's you? Not, what would you say it is genre-wise? I was kind of curious to hear that from you. I think they are. Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like they should be put in with those postcode orange bands. Uh huh. Um, but then even that feels a little bit misleading because it feels a bit more. It feels a bit rawer. It feels a bit more retro than that. I mean, retro is probably not the right word, actually. It feels like, I think they they managed to kind of sit really nicely in between like Code Orange and uh, You Fell Me era Converge, I think. That's quite a good shout. Or even actually more like No Heroes era Converge. Yeah, 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 that's a good shout. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. It's really, really good. And it's, you know, nine, I, I cannot stress this enough. Heavy bands, if you're listening, EPs and short albums are, are great. They're just great. Like, I they just They do you so many favours. I re-listened to that uh, Burnt by the Sun EP, which you go on and on about. Oh, it's oh, so good. It is great. It Isn't is it great. good? Yeah. That's about you nine minutes. You will move! What you want to do something Exactly. You will move! Couldn't yeah. agree more. It's great. Very good. That's the song, You Will Move. <laughs> we'll be releasing that as a charity <laughs> single for you, won't we? B-side to Alanis Morissette. Um... <laughs> Yeah, good. So Matt, I don't really know what else to say about that because it's very new and I don't it's, know the story of them. I, th- I assume I assume they're young. Yeah, I think so. I, I believe it's you their debut. You come day- in here, uh, young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
all right. <laughs> um, um, I, I believe it's their debut. I believe, I, actually, you know what? I don't know anything about them. I just got told to listen to mm. it by a very good friend and um, podcast friend, Matthew Hughes. Hello, Matthew Hughes. Um, and um, yeah, because I'd missed it from last year. He was like, oh my God, yeah, you have to listen to that. And I heard it. I was just like, oh my God, this is brilliant. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's that's the story, really. The I don't know you much should more. Have been making about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really, really brilliant, yeah, and it's, it's a shame that we didn't cover it last year. Yeah, I I agree, but we didn't, and there's nothing. We I apologise. There's nothing we can do about it. What are you gonna do? So that's what you gave me. That was candy. Good to feel. Excellent. Uh, I gave you <laughs> thirty something by Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Yeah. Now Renfrey. Yeah. Let's give people a little bit of context for this. So this is their second record, I believe. Okay. Uh, it came out in 1991. Yep. Um, it is two blokes, Fruit Bat and Jim, Jim Bob and Fruit Bat. Right. Um, it <laughs> was part of the short-lived, um, I guess, Grebo scene, they called it, didn't they? Popwell itself, The Levelers. Right, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Jesus Jones a little bit maybe as well all that kind of thing these long forgotten bands who look like for a minute they might be something and then it kind of with in between grunge and Britpop it just sort of fizzled out but there was a it's moment quite short lived wasn't it yeah it yeah, was really like short a few lived. years uh, and um, and I get for, uh, Carter became s- sort of sort of became pop stars uh, in the early 90s you teased last year last year <laughs> last week mm. that uh car and the unstoppable sex machine headlined glastonbury they, did. they headlined glastonbury in 1992 wow so on this record on this record so you think this actually no it was on the love album which came out after this okay uh which came out a year later and now you think right the sort of acts that headline glastonbury now um uh the rolling stones the who u2 yeah. metallica beyonce uh, Kanye West Radiohead Radiohead yes. The Foo Fighters mm. um, You're talking about Literally Coldplay The biggest bands In the, in the entire world, entire world. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever is the biggest band They'll be the ones That will headline Glastonbury And Stormzy as well um, <laughs> uh, No fucking fair play To Stormzy I yeah, think it's yeah. great um, But But Carter USM Headlined The Headlined the pyramid stage At Glastonbury let that sink in. I would have loved to have seen that. Well, because everyone overran, they got a really short set oh. and they went fucking mental and trashed the place. Oh, great. And then they got banned indefinitely from Glastonbury forever. So oh. even that, like, imagine being a band headlining Glastonbury and only getting to play like 45 minutes because yeah. everyone else overruns. Oh, those were the Halcyon days of chaos and lunacy and just... Everything, everything's so corporate now, isn't it? Yeah. Not then. It's exciting. I still think about how exciting. Also, they for me kind of kickstarted a time where these sort of alternative indie acts started popping up in the mainstream and making life quite <laughs> difficult for people in the mainstream. Uh, you think about Chumbawamba chucking water over John Prescott. Uh, you mm-hmm. think about Jarvis Cocker kind of waggling his bum. 
at Michael Jackson. You think of the KLF firing blanks into the audience and leaving a dead sheep on the the the, the floor of um, uh, Earl's Court during the during the Brits mm-hmm. uh, and doing a song with Extreme Noise Terror. Carter arguably was the first band to do anything like that when um, they uh, they rugby tackled Philip Schofield during the smash hits Poll Winners Party in 1991 live on BBC One. This is awesome because this is this is all ever so slightly before my time, so I don't mm. know any of this. Yeah. I want to YouTube all of this. Yeah. Now. Okay, that's cool. Now, that is a little bit of context for what that band actually were. Renfrey, um, I'm very, very, very curious to hear your thoughts about this band. Okay, cool. So it starts with a Red Dwarf quote. It does. Which is always going to be a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. It starts with Chris Barry uh, talking about... Rimmer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I was like, good start. Um, I have the believe I've summed up this band... By saying it's like Terrorvision meets Joy Division with a little bit of Faith No More thrown in at the same time. Wow. Is that okay? I mean, I wouldn't have... I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't have given that any of those bands wouldn't really? have popped into my head when describing Oh, how interesting. Okay. Um, I found that uh, when I pressed play... The um, Warrior music, isn't it? Yeah. The first song. It's basically the Ultimate Warrior music. Yeah, yeah. And I was just a bit like, what, what is this? Yeah. I, at first I was like, what? It sounded so silly. I just, it's just silly. It's probably the best yeah. way I can describe it. It didn't take long for it to infect me in such a way that I was just like, I fucking love this. This is Do great. You? I really yes. like it. Yeah. Like, it's just, there's something so British about it. Uh-huh. And there's something so, I, I'm just going to keep saying infectious. Like, uh, and it's interesting that, like, how would you sum this? Because it's quite a difficult band to sum up because I've never really heard anything quite like it before. No, I mean... The thing about it is, is it, I mean, I thought you were going to come on. I was ready to defend the production and the sound and how it sounds dated. I think the production, at, hearing the production at first, I was kind of like, this is going to have to be a, a barrier. I'm going to have to step over. Mm. Um, the whole sort of joy of it. And, and, and I'm not, I'm, and I'm not a massive fan of the, of the production because that's not the production style that I personally like. Yeah, yeah. However, the joy of it and the effervescence of it and just the sheer sense of humour and kind of Johnny Rotten but funnier <laughs> kind of yeah. style of it just won me over yeah. very, very quickly. Well, it's kind of not... a. I mean, it, it does sound dated, but then it kind of doesn't sound dated to the 90s because it doesn't really sound like anything. It sounds like it's no. deliberately kitsch, yes. deliberately dated, yeah. deliberately yeah. kind of made out of like stuck together with sellotape and twigs it's it's, i mean it's the music equivalent of a um bbc comedy sitcom from the 80s or 90s it's like the young ones yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. it's the young ones put to music yeah and um and i kind of gave this to you and i remembered all the sort of funniness about it yeah and i just thought because i'd been giving you some quite serious bands from around this time period um, well, not Black Grape aren't serious, but band. I mean, I still was like, oh, I listen to Black Grape all the time, and they're great. And you know, I listen to the Happy Mondays. I listen to a lot of those baggy bands. I listen to a lot of those kind of eighties uh, creation records bands and those indie bands yeah. that were coming along. And, and you know, you've not really been as into them as me. So I was like, no. well, I'm going to give you the stupidest, worst 
thing of all like I've heard of it, right? Which and, on paper would be the one I like the least, and it's probably the one I like the most. I know, right? And, <laughs> Which is crazy. And <laughs> the thing is, is, I kind of I had a period where so I got this album. I probably wasn't even really into rock music. I think I just I saw Sheriff like Sheriff Fatman was their big their big hit from their first record and that was a kind of a legit crossover hit and then this album kind of came off the back of it and i think it got to number two in the charts i think they ended up the love album got to number one in the uk album charts there was a bunch of stuff from it which seemed faintly recognizable right okay. um, i would have been six when this record came out but yeah. but it was just just little me- melodies here and there where i was like this is ringing a bell i've, yeah. I've definitely heard this in some capacity never yeah. never the entire record mm. but yeah yeah but it's um i can't remember what i was saying now sorry mate um it, it did very it well out, yeah it, it did very, that was number one yeah it, it did very so you know like so i listened to it and i had a little period where I was like this is really good and then i just sort of never ever listened to it again because once you start listening to grunge and then punk mm, rock and then mm. hardcore and metal and all that stuff it's quite uh hard to go back to this and you know they remind me of like biz you remember biz it was kind of the first ever unsigned band to play on top of the pops sure sure okay. can you pop push it down and pull it up that was uh, their song yeah, that's good. It wasn't great. Um, but they were like a kind of a kitsch, keyboardy, like 8-bit band as well. And 8-bit um, band. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's going to punch me by the end of this, folks. And, yeah. and I thought I was going to go back to this and go... It is so fucking dated and it's so stupid and it's so loony and oh, what a weird time. Like, well, there's this weird little tiny period where the wonder stuff headline read in and yeah. Pop Will Eat itself were massive and all these kind of stuff. And I listened to it and, my, you know, my, my initial thing straight away on rehearing it was going, oh, yeah, it does sound really dated, like fucking yeah. hell. But then as I started to go through it and remember the songs, I, I was like, this is much better than I thought it was going to be. And I think it might be much better than I even remember it being. Mm. Because now, looking at, you know, so this came out in 1991. You're you're talking about the end of Thatcherite Britain. You're talking about, you know, poll tax riots and um, a sort of post-Hillsborough, a sort of post-Hillsborough country that that we're living in. And um, quite a depressed, quite horrible grey place to live and and this uh, is very happy jolly for the most part but is it though well but is it i mean in the lyrics it, it's kind of taking the piss out of everything that's happening in, it's sarcastic and it's very it's, sarcastic. it's very very sarcastic and it's yeah. very very cutting and i think yeah. like they do i mean you listen to a song like there's a lot here about alcoholism yeah there's a lot here about the sort of the dark the darkness of being an alcoholic anytime any place anywhere is you know, Prince and the Pauper's Grave, where he talks about Johnny Drinks, Johnny Ro- Johnny Johnny, Lager, uh, Johnny, well, Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. Yeah, Prince of the Pauper. Uh, Prince and the Pauper's Grave. Uh, Prince, Prince and the Pauper's Grave was the point where I went, okay, there's something quite special here, almost, because it really, it's the third or fourth track, probably fourth, I think, and it surprised me. Yeah, it really surprised me that they would go into something like serious, isn't right but i, I suppose I, I think it is maybe ser- i yeah. think it is serious yeah. i mean when you you hear like falling on the bruise the last track which yeah. is just synth and this guy he's not a good singer like you know no. he's, he's not a good singer no. but there's a hell of a lot of like hurt in his voice and there's a lot mm. you can tell that um you know there's obviously a lot of anger in it as well i mean 
for me, the 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 standout track on the album to me still is Bloodsport for All, which is a really really cutting yeah. about the military, like yeah. really re- like this kind of basically sort of written from the viewpoint of a of a black soldier in Britain in you know in nineteen ninety one, like you know stand up for die, you know what's it, um, lay down for King and Country, stand up for Diane Fergie, like great, it, it's. You know, it, and you think about it and you go like, fucking hell, they've, it's not done with any kind of gravitas or, or seriousness particularly, but when you actually listen to what they're saying and when you actually listen to what those songs are about, when you listen to that Shopper's Paradise is just about the sheer consumption of stuff that people buy, which now feels more kind of relevant and prevalent now it then, than yeah. it probably would have done then. But uh, but that Shopper's Paradise is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I, put, I, I like, there's a quote here from the lyrics we've got a free pair of flares with every hip replacement just take the stairs to the bargain basement yeah you know like it's I mean, so they're, they're, they could write for this like ironically considering their political leanings they could probably write for the sun the amount of puns that they yeah 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 out as absolutely well. Like, well i was thinking or viz like they could yeah. write for viz or something yeah. like that you know like it's um but it, yeah like viz and um and chris morris and the young yeah, ones totally. and like it's like you say it's really really british it's really odd it's got this kind of weird mix between like surrealism vic and bob style surrealism and actual kind of satirical bent to it as well yeah, yeah. uh it 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 will probably if you're sitting here and you're 18 to 24 25 i think you might really really struggle to get past the actual sound of this music but I'd be curious if anyone does though. I would be really, really curious because I think there is something very, very unique and very, very uh, worthy and very, uh, I just think that I, I actually think this. Like, I've gone back and I'm like, God, this album's really fucking I good. I agree wholeheartedly, and, I, and really, I really, really did good. not. I did not expect to say that. And there's, uh, it's really eclectic and varied. Um, mm. There's a song sealed with a Glasgow kiss, yeah. which is like very punky. Like yeah. that's a proper punk tune. Yeah. Like you know, have you ever had a Glasgow kiss? Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Not um, not for me. Not, not for me. <laughs> um, but like it's really varied it's really I, I i was really impressed with it it strikes me as the kind of record that jamie lemon would love because yeah. it's so kind of day glow day glow english color, and strange yeah, i've yeah, never i've sarcastic. never talked to jamie about this band but um i might ask him next time i see him i'm like do you like carrying unstoppable sex machine because i bet he will mm. it just feels like that kind of vibe um but um i i really loved it and i think i may well pick this up you know really mate, i really I, that, enjoyed that's it that's hilarious but yeah, like, yeah, no. because i kind of picked it like going oh god what's he gonna really really not like and i thought you know i was imagining myself going and annoyingly like i kind of because i've heard it so many times when i was a mm, kid mm. and i had already decided how i kind of felt about it i'd got to the point where i used to listen to it i was like oh, i'm not sure i really like this anymore but so I only left it till sort of a couple of days ago to go back and re-listen to it. And I've been re-listening to it loads. Right. And it's it's fucking good. It feels like it's of an... It, we said earlier that it sounds a little dated. I think I'd like to renege that slightly and say it sounds of an era yeah, rather sure. than dated, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't it's know. So, it's, but it's, I mean, that's something I think, you know, like... It's extremely evocative of that uh, It's era. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It's incredibly evocative yeah. of... And it, you know, I put this on and it conjures up so many, like, images of that early 90s Britain 
um, as well as any piece of music that you will listen to. So, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, I, it's, I'm glad you like it. Man. I was really, really surprised by it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. very, very that's good. Really cool. so. so that is 30 something by Carter USM. Uh, next week, Renfrey, I'm going to give you, because it's quite metal next week, isn't it? It's so metal next so week. So fucking metal. So why break the habit of a week? Um, <laughs> uh, Mechanics of Dysfunction by Beneath the Massacre. Are you familiar <laughs> with that band? No, but okay. that's a lot of ugly words and yes, I like it. it um, in the last of my series of records, which we should have covered last year, I'm going to give you Drug Church and their album Cheer. Uh, yeah, it's another one that I should have listened to. <laughs> yeah. I, I already know that. Okay, cool. So Cheer by Drug Church. I'll be listening to that. And Renfrey will be listening to Mechanics of Dysfunction by Beneath the Massacre. Heavy. Everything's going to get heavy. Right, let's do some reviews. Uh, we're going to start this week with um, King Monkey himself, Ian Brown. <laughs> uh, the album is called Ripples. It's his seventh studio album um, as a solo artiste by the King of Manchester Indie, apart from Morrissey. Uh, and Ian Curtis, whatever. Um, he is one of the main voices. Probably, I would say, the most influential vocalist in British indie music from the last 25, 30 years. Do you think he is these days? Maybe not these days, but mm. I think because he was such a massive influence on Liam Gallagher, who uh, yeah. has been such a massive influence, who basically got ripped off all over the place he was to get ripped off uh, he was a massive 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 influence on 90s indie i think it's fair to say yeah yeah yeah, yeah, definitely the verve uh oasis uh fucking all those bands Mm. okay so uh it's his seventh album it is his um, first in 10 years first in 10 years so uh my way was the last record in 2009 which for me is comfortably the weakest of the ian brown solo material Uh, okay are you familiar with so um people might recall uh on a very early riot act you gave me music for the spheres yep. which is generally considered his best record, I think it's his best record yeah. and um i was very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by it i actually really enjoyed it yeah. um are you familiar with all of his solo work yes cool okay. unfinished monkey business uh, i think is okay that's um, his debut isn't it yeah i think uh what's one of the golden gaze is pretty is, is good music of the spheres is excellent solarized is excellent as well and then that other one with the, his sort of black face on the front. Not he's not he's not he's not in black. He's not in black face, but he's like silhouetted. <laughs> is what I should say. Black face brown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is uh, is not all that. So um, yeah, uh, cool. Because oh, yeah. my only uh, reference is music for the spheres. So that'll be an interesting two different opinions. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah, it will. So um, yes, Renfrew, well, let's start off with you then. Let's actually start with what you have to say about this record because um, little spoiler alert for people who um, who, who are wondering, um, not that anyone specifically would be wondering, but <laughs> before we started recording, you went, you, you made some noises about uh, did, this yeah. album. Yeah. And um, yeah, you made you made a few noises. Well, I might have made my opinion clear, I suppose. Yeah, you did basically. It feels like you made. And I'm already doing it with my tone of voice as yeah, well. Yeah, you are. Um, so I'm interested to know what you think about I, the new album, even uh, though so, I already know. You know, I went into this not 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 super enthusiastic, but not as before hearing music of the spheres. I would have gone into this. My only reference would have been Stone Roses, who are a band who I don't 
who I admire but don't particularly like. Ian Brown is my least favourite part of the Stone Roses because he's his singing can't sing. Can't sing. Um, and, um, you know, I would have gone into this with a, quite a bit of negativity. Because of Music for the Spheres, I went in, in it into it totally neutral, I would say. Just okay. like, oh, cool, there's a new Ian Brown album. Yeah. Um, and I just found this really repetitive really like the key word is meandering right i think for this album it's stuck every one of its 10 songs yeah more or less starts with a motif and repeats that motif until the end and barely changes at all throughout it and on the shorter songs, which are like two and a half minutes, three minutes, yeah. that's just about bearable. When he stretches them out to almost six minutes in some cases, like uh-huh. five and a half probably, yeah. um, it just, it, it makes for quite a long 42 minutes in my opinion. Hmm. Um, and I think it's very, Ian Brown once said that like he wanted to make music that was always relevant to the time. Yeah. Um, now, admittedly, he said that a long time ago, but mm. I think he's failed in that mission for this record. It sounds very retro 90s. Uh, I, I think, think it sounds very retro 2004, personally. I don't okay. Know particularly 90s. I think it sounds a little bit... Well, I, I think... <clears throat> okay, so I quite like this record. Right, okay. I think it's good. Yeah, really? I think it's quite good. Yeah, I like... Um, it sounds more like... The classic Ian Brown sound, uh, which yes. he lost a bit on my way, and he lost a bit on um, the fucking. There is something, something in whatever it's called. I've forgotten the name of the album. But anyway, those ones, it was. It didn't really sound like the Ian Brown that I really liked. I like Ian Brown when it's got a kind of nice, a sort of a, an almost a dubby bass line. Yeah, it's got some nice kind of electronic. Uh, swirls behind it um and he just can kind of ride his voice which the thing is is like i on record i actually like his voice particularly on his solo stuff i think he's got a really good lilt to his voice i think he's got a really good cadence as well um i think vocally this is the best he's ever sounded good goodness knows what it will sound like live trickery, yeah. yeah what trickery is being used but oh, i yeah, do yeah. i do think it's it's he sound he sounds good on this record definitely yeah he always does sound good on his solo yeah. records like yeah. he, he does like he, he actually does it's just when you see it live and you're like how are you so far away yeah. from, like you are <laughs> yeah. so far away i mean to get out of the way i think i mean the last song break down the walls which is a, a, a mickey dread cover is absolutely appalling what the fuck was that he doing absolutely there? appalling here Hearing Ian Brown um, go kind of full reggae, reggae, shabba ranks, reggae, reggae source is not anything that ever needed to happen. It's, it's like he's really trying bad. to be as offensive as he possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's hideous. It's, it's the most terrible. white cover of yeah. a I mean, he, black song sounds I've ever like heard. Mick Hucknall or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's that bad. It's really, really bad. Um, first World Problems is the first single. Again, that's nearly six minutes long. I don't think it's a particularly good opener. No. Like that put me on a bit of a downer. But then actually, what's funny is, because obviously like 
uh, Mikey Dredd, a reggae artist, <laughs> in case you hadn't noticed from the terrible cover that he does. He also carries a, covers a Barrington Levy song, um, Black Roses, which is track which two. Is one of the most interesting songs on the Yeah, record. which he yeah. completely changes and puts in a kind of quite a nice... Um, uh, almost verve style like squall well no more of a John Squirey sort of slide yeah. guitar uh, big like rock riff in it yeah and I was like this is really cool and then I'd I, even go as far to say that it's my favourite song on the record I think it is the best I think it's not actually my favourite song on the record there's a song called Ripples on it which I think is really really great the title um, track yep. yep and um, of course yeah and I, I think there's a little period from um from Chaos to Harmony, It's Raining Diamonds, Ripples, Blue Sky Day, which is really good and really reminds me of Golden Gay's era, Ian Brown, where it was um, uh, not necessarily synthy, but it kind of was almost... Hammond organdy doesn't really give it the... But there's that kind of... Not Hammond... What's that? Like Mellotron. It's yeah. got a kind of like cool jazzy Mellotron feel to, yeah, to yeah, a lot yeah. of it. And and I like Ian Brown was doing that on Golden Gates back in the day. And I really like the sound of like Dolphins and Monkeys um, off that record. Uh, and it's a, it's got a bit of that to it. And it's got this kind of quite, you know, Lausch um, laid back. And yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. But I think all of those four songs are different enough in, in themselves for them to be like good. And at that point I was like, yeah, yeah, this album's really picking up. It's much better. Um, I think There's you just, I think you've just got hypnotized by it. <laughs> like, oh, maybe. I, the, the, so the enemy, I rarely agree with the enemy, but they called this album maddeningly repetitive, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, fair fucks." So I, I would, I would completely. I just, it's just, it is quite varied. The record as a whole, yeah. Um, as in, each song is quite different from the next. Yeah. But but a song finds its crook and then sticks in it and and doesn't budge bar i think there's one example where he does something a little bit different in the last mm. 40 seconds and i i just i feel bad saying it now now that you said that you've liked this but i wrote in my notes like anyone who likes this surely doesn't like music <laughs> <laughs> like, because because it like because it just I mean, it, it's background, isn't it? It's a just, little bit. I mean, not like I'll take this over the last Paul Weller album. I'll take this over the last Paul Weller album. By a smidge, no, I would not say. by a smidge for me. By quite some distance, I think this is way better than the last Paul Weller album. And I think I think it has a lot of the same problems as the Paul Weller album. To be frank, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. Okay. I don't think so. I think the thing is, is the Paul Weller album. Those songs were, were yeah, they were repetitive and they were yeah. boring and they were boring songs. And it was all kind of quite earnest and you know. And there's yeah, there's there's a touch of that. And yeah, those songs don't go very uh, that don't far anywhere, away. Yeah. But there's they're settling into you know like some really good trip hop and some really good um, kind of uh, more ambient uh, electronic music uses the same sort of thing where they will just sit. And it'll be really. I think this is kind of quite a quite a nice, relaxing, lausch record. Like at points, not I, all of it is good. I there's mean, there's a there's a there's a, a chunk of it. I would say the first half of the second half is good. The kind of middle to the the, the halfway through. I'd probably agree. The it's the best part. Is the, the best part yeah, of the record. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I say, Black Roses is really good. First one problems isn't great. Like Breathe and Breathe Easy is not great. I, what, okay, Breathe and Breathe Easy sounds like a 
stoned hippie playing a song around a campfire. Yeah, it's not it good. It sounds though. fucking dreadful. Yeah, it's, I'm really... sorry. It's it's hilariously poor. Yeah, that song. I mean, the pro- that's the problem with this record. When it's bad, it's, it's really very bad. very bad. Yeah. But I think when it's good, it, like there, like I, you know, like I say, there's some really good songs in it. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere near as good as Ian Brown at his very, very best. I definitely agree with that. Based on music for the Sears alone. But yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think going back to that trip hop thing of things being repetitive, so Portishead are a band that I really like, right? Yeah. And they get a groove and then settle into it and don't particularly change from it. But I think what they are doing intrinsically is just so much more interesting than well, what I Ian Brown that, is doing course, on yeah. this record. Yeah, yeah. And I agree for with that. me, I need the intrinsic parts that make it up to be more interesting if if you're going to settle into a groove and be repetitive in that mm. nature what you are doing in the first place has to be more interesting to me and like i mean i feel so sorry in fact i was about to say i feel so sorry for ian brown's bassist on this record because uh, like he must be bored of his absolute brains but i actually think um it's a family member who's playing bass on this record and surely that's the only way you could get someone to play the same repetitive <laughs> three fucking notes over and over again for six fucking minutes. I mean, the, the bassist must be half asleep doing half this shit. But it's, it's all about... That, that's because, you know, that you, you put a ca- sort of canvas down and then Ian Brown's flights of fancy and his cadence and his voice and his personality are the things that are meant to carry this song, this this album through. And like, you can argue like it doesn't and you don't really like his voice or whatever. Yeah. But I think that like for me, I like to hear, I don't, you know, I, I like to hear that quite, I don't think he's, you know, I, I think there's less, a lot less going on in this record than there is on, say, Solarized or Music from the Spheres. A lot Definitely. less. Definitely. But like you say, I don't think every single song sounds the same. To me... No, I didn't say that. But no, no, you I, didn't I, say no, that, yeah. yeah that's what i sorry, said sorry sorry yeah i said you didn't say that because uh, you didn't but you know like it's still it's got ian brown enough of ian brown this is an ian brown album yeah it, it definitely it's got is. lots of ian brown on it it definitely um, sounds like an ian brown album yeah for sure it's, yeah it sounds <laughs> yeah. like an ian brown album and i guess it will depend on how you feel about ian brown as a vocalist and as an artist and the, what he brings to music because i think he's he just makes music sound cool, I think. And 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 I, yeah, you know, when it's shit, it's fucking shit. And he's not his, you know, he's absolutely for me, he's not his best on this record on on a, on a lot of occasions. But there's still enough of the Ian Browniness of Ian Brown on this record for me to go. <laughs> it's all right. I think that whole thing of having someone, you know, the music being so. Um, so little going so background so so that you have someone out front riding it so you could argue that nick cave does that a lot i guess i am far more interested in nick cave and his personality and his you know nick cave to me is a poet for example ian brown ain't no poet there are some hideous lyrics on this record yeah there are some truly almost liam gallagher levels on this record okay Um, but that's not i don't think that's true of his entire career i I, i'm only talking about this this record i'm only talking about this record there are some real stinkers on this album um lyric wise and you don't have to have good lyrics but then you have to have a personality i appreciate ian brown has a personality i just don't think it's one that i really want to spend 42 minutes with (laughs) unless you're doing something a bit more interesting under underneath which in music for the spheres i think he was yeah i mean you know that's still the definitely the high point but 
you know really I, good album that is that is a really space. good album well, you know and i still think this is like i i, I wouldn't say i don't i don't where would you, i don't hate it where would you put it in his discography out of what we're talking about out of seven um fifth okay so relatively low yeah like, ooh, yeah will you listen to it much let's let's give it a month because it's still new to you and stuff but will you listen to it much probably not i might listen to black roses okay a couple of times i might listen to title track and black roses i might go to so you quite like it but you're not like going oh no 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 no, no, i don't know i mean you know he's one of those artists where i've said before and people give me shit for it that i think his solo material is better than stone roses but i based based on music for the spheres i agree with that well yeah exactly i think when you get like golden gaze and you get um yeah music for the spheres and you get solarized like they are fucking three really really good records yeah so anyway that is ian brown ripples is the album um from one kind of legend of uh 80s into the 90s alternative music to another absolutely uh, bob mold sunshine rock the 13th solo album from the alt rock legend it's his first album since patch of sky in 2016 so mm-hmm. it hasn't taken 10 years like ian no. brown um so uh a lot more yes renfrey we recently spoke about um sugar the classic copper blue yep. by sugar on trade-off which you'd never heard before yeah kind of unbelievably go oh i should listen to more bob mold stuff which you should you all bloody should it did um, make it, it actually listening to sugar put me on a massive huskadoo uh, yeah. uh train thing going on a I train listened, i listened i was on the huskadoo train train <laughs> husker husker uh, choo choo fuck that's what i should have done yeah husker choo choo yeah go. so anyway uh bob mold has a new record out um i have to be honest and for all the kind of uh the the loving i was giving bob mold um during our chat about sugar and when we said oh we're gonna do a special with husker do i've really not listened to bob mold as a solo artist oh right okay yeah so um, i've only heard his debut album which is old it's from 1989 yeah. I, I, I can remember the year it came out but i can't remember the title of the fucking oh, record how album, wicked yeah. weird is that but it's quite it's quite a seminal record yeah blah, blah, blah. so that brings us to sunshine rock the new album by Bob Mould. Um, Renfrey. Hello. I'm going to just come out and say this straight away. Uh, if this was a, if, if the Foo Fighters wrote a song called What Do You Want Me To Do, which is the second track on this record, every Prada welly wearing, glamping, fucking straw hat, Glastonbury twat covered in glitter would be shitting themselves out over how fucking brilliant it is. They would be going, do lally, going, this is the best Foo Fighters album for God knows how long. This is one of the best Foo Fighters songs, blah, 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 blah. And yet Bob Mould, poor old Bob Mould, continues to be yeah. a cult figure yeah. in our world. And It's interesting, is... Foo's came up in my notes as well, but not for the same reason, but, but carry on. Most and it time. seems to me deeply, deeply unfair yeah. that uh, a record as varied and yep. as sunny and as brilliantly played and is well written yeah and is sort of cheeky and funny and surprising yep. as this will probably just slip under the cracks it probably will when it? no one will ever talk about it i'm really pleased you like it i fucking love this record i think it's great i think it's basically exactly what it says on the tin sunshine rock yeah um you put it on and your mood lifts instantly um i put it on 
coming here and I had just missed my bus and I started this song and I was like, I couldn't give a shit because this album's great. Mm. Um, and, you know, like, it's just one of those records. You put it on and it just puts a smile on your face. Um, this is neither here nor there in a way. Fucking shame it's coming out February. Yeah, Why right. the fuck? That, like, like, they should have released... They, this album should be coming out in the summer. I mean, if you live in the Southern Hemisphere, then good for you because uh, this will work for you. But, yeah. like, I, it's bonkers to me that it's coming out in fucking February. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is a brilliant sort of record to barbecue to or whatever you just whack it on it has that kind of neo young thing um especially latter day sort of 90s 2000s neo young where the songs are quite simple really there's not an awful lot to them but they're just so infectious and they get in your brain like you can sing along to them by the second time you listen to them pretty much it is like i say you know the 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 kind of poppier nirvana and uh, poppier pixies and um, well the album it reminded me the most of is the debut Foo Fighters record yeah so I think um you know and obviously uh, Bob Mould is a massive influence on Dave Grohl and um, lots of people for, and lots of people yeah, yeah for those who don't know Bob Mould is actually a guest on Wasting Light he's one of the best bits about that record which is a brilliant Foo Fighters record yeah um and I think that whole sense of overdriven guitars, but with poppy hooks that the first Foo Fighters record, in my opinion, does mm. exquisitely well. Yeah, I, I, I adore the first Foo Fighters record. I think it's fucking amazing. Um, that's exactly what Bob Mould does brilliantly perfected well. perfected for many, many perfected, years. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, what's amazing as well is like listening to, <coughs> I've, I've not really been able to stop listening to Copper Blue since we sort of went back to it uh, recently. I love it's that been, record. It's been now. something where yeah. I was like, oh, I should do Copper Blue. And then I was like, oh my God, I can't stop listening to it now. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how similar this sounds to Copper Blue yeah. in terms of how he doesn't seem to have slowed down. He doesn't seem to have <clears throat> like lost yeah. any of his powers. His voice yeah. still sounds as good. Yeah. His playing, the production, like yeah. it sounds basically sounds like an extension of that record. If you listen to them back to back, yeah, you would go like, oh yeah, definitely it's the same band. And definitely like how you, you wouldn't think there's, well, what that came out in 1992. So 17 years, 27, no, no, 27, 27 yeah. years between yeah. these records. It's, absolutely fucking insane that that is a thing i I looked up how old bob mold is today um just out of interest and he's 58 that's crazy this does not sound like an album written by it's got it's got real youthful exuberance yeah yeah and just like say joy and uh, the first track's got a kazoo on it like yeah. There's a little bit of kazoo in the background. Well, it's got a kazoo, but it's also got an 18-piece string, yeah. uh, string quartet. Yeah. The, string qu- the string quartet comes... Oh, well, it's not a string quartet if it's an 18-piece, is it? No. Um, uh, but the it's strings... Actually four, eight, uh, no. It's four string... Four and a half string quartets. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> the strings on this record come in quite a bit, and they always lift it. They sound yeah. fucking great. Um, you know, because it's clearly a real string orchestra. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, like listening to this compared to listening to synthesized strings, if you A, B them, like the difference is just so crystal clear, in my opinion. Like it just sounds absolutely glorious. Um, And the the songs are just brilliant. I, I, it is such a shame that this is a record which will just, you know, Bob Mould's 
fan base will lap it up, I'm sure, and love yeah. it. But but if you've never heard Bob Mould, if you've never heard Husker Do, if you've never heard Sugar, I don't think this is a terrible place to start. No, it's not. I mean, can you, do you know what? I was thinking, I was listening to this. Can you imagine this at 2,000 Trees? I'd love to see this Can you, and like, trees. this is, would be, Bob Mould would be perfect. With, I mean, yeah. he, everyone would go and bloody watch Mallory Knox instead, wouldn't they? But, <laughs> and they'd be playing about 10 people, so maybe that's, you know, why. But it fit, you know, like, I think it's a sort of thing where you would want Bob Mould at, at 2,000. Like, I can ima- I would so love. imagine that field, that lovely, like, lilting field on a sunny day yeah. at the 2,000 trees with the with a song like Western Sunset. The last yeah. track on this on this record Wonderful. is just so, so brilliant. It would yeah. be amazing with a cider yeah. in your hand. Yeah, and it would be cider because it's in the West Country 2,000 yeah, trees. Would, yeah. um, no, it would be amazing. Um, but I think there's this just shitty, horrible thing with the industry because it's a, uh, you know, because he is a man who is almost in his 60s, in his late 50s, he's never going to be perceived as cool or anything like that, despite the fact that he is writing music that's infinitely better than most people who are half, half his age. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- like... Bob Mould, as far as I'm aware, I, I'm not super au fait with his solo material either. Apparently, it's a bit darker than this, generally. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really wanted to write a really kind of sunshiny, happy, yeah, yeah, happy album. And he's absolutely done that. Like, mm. even when it starts to feel a little down, it's always picked up with yeah. like a lyrical couplet or something like that, which like it just makes you, it's a really great sunshiny, like pop guitar pop album and it's fantastic really 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 good really good and i have to say looking at the track listing where i think the longest song is just under four minutes right yeah and it's it's 36 minutes long and 12 you know 12 songs and what you were saying last week i mean i still think that spielberg's album is fucking great but and they're a completely different band really to, to what this is but when you said about the kind of the length of songs and stuff bob mold what a master at uh uh just clipping everything that there's no fat on this record i totally agree no yeah, fat yeah, on it. yeah it's very 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 good so listen if you're the sort of person who likes it like like i say if this was the new food fighters if, if this was the new food fighters record that's the people only would be losing their shit so the only thing i will pick you up on there is because i think the food fighters record it sounds it reminds me of that first foos album but yeah. beyond that it doesn't it's not best of you is it it's not times like these. No, I, I, I it's think much better than that. I, <laughs> I think, I, well, in terms of in terms of the um, commercialness of the sound, I guess. I, I, th- I think if the Foo Fighters released this, people would be a bit bemused because it would be so. Because this is, I, 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 except for that first Foo's record, this is quite raw compared to the. I'm not saying it's not as good. At all. Song-wise, though, you you could they could polish them up and make them sound like whatever. Oh, hundred percent. They want to hundred percent like, but um, but yeah, I think if that you know people loved wasting light and wasting light is you know with it you know there's it's white, got white limo, limo, yeah. I mean, well, wasting that, but, light is quite raw, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as raw, raw but, as the but, first Foo's album. But, but these so- but Foo Fighters are a band who deal in instantaneous three minute long poppy rock songs. Yeah, that's what they do. And a lot of what they do. Yeah. A lot of what they do, yeah. And uh, and th- this is that. 
I agree. I agree. To a far, far higher standard than anything they've put out in a long time. I agree. And and but you know, Dave Grohl probably agrees with you as well. To give, yeah. to give him credit. Yeah, like, he, does, he, yeah. he probably has heard this record has gone, yeah, it's fucking killer. It's better than anything I've ever done. I don't think I'd agree. I, you know, I'm a bit of a Foos apologist. I don't mm. think I'd go that far, but it is fucking brilliant. I listen, and I, no, I, I agree with you. Those albums are really, really good. And Wasting Night's good as well. I like the first. And they, they're, oh a good, they're a good singles band. I, well, one day, I would love to do a Foos thing with you at some point because we definitely have different opinions. I would love to go into it because my argument with good singles band is like Aurora come back like i actually think some of the best songs foos some of the best foos songs are the ones which are most certainly not singles right. uh, and are like long and i think the whole foos are a singles band thing uh, yes so a lot of people they I don't are want to talk about the food fight <laughs> well tough one day we're gonna do it i don't well, I, I brought them up just as one day we're gonna do it one day we're gonna do it okay fine but anyway uh but Sunshine bob Rock by bob mold a is, much better album than what the food fighters could ever do uh and it's, the, it's better than anything foos have done since wasting light i'll definitely say that yeah yeah it is. oh of course it is yeah yeah and if you put it if you take wasting light out it's better than anything they've done since color and shape Oh, there's nothing left to lose. That's know. fucking crap, that record. What are you on about? Great. Breakout. Right, uh, Awful. <laughs> fucking rubbish. Uh, anyway, so anyway, Bob Mould, Sunshine Rock. Um, put it on the poster, better than the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Stephen Hill and Renfrey Deadman at the Right Act Podcast. Uh, last album comes from Astronoid. Uh, it's a self-titled album. It is. Uh, but it is not their debut album. It's their second album. They're a band from Boston, Massachusetts, who I have to admit, Renfrey, um, I don't know much about, as you know, because I've been saying, are they Danish over and over (laughs) again? And the reason I've been saying, are they Danish over and over and over and over again is because um, there is such a cold European flavour to this record. Cold? Yeah, I think so. Oh, Stephen Hill, we're going to have a fight. Okay, um... So do you a not little. Think this sounds Scandinavian. I do. I think this is one of the warmest records I've ever heard. I think I think Asteroid as a whole, like Asteroid, to me is the sound of the sun hitting your face. You know, and they like they they are so so. I mean, right. Let's start at the beginning. Um, so i'm gonna have a little a little i'm gonna start this by uh, by uh, doing a little peek behind the curtain for people and say that we had a little uh, a small to do last week because you yeah. really wanted to do the spielberg's record I over did. this one and this came out last week yeah and one of the things you said to me was like that asteroid record it just sounds like all those other sorts of records doesn't it yeah i want to know what you mean by that because i have no idea what you mean by well that. i think that they are um uh, they're, they're, it's fine this record I think it's quite it's actually grown on me quite a lot right. over the last week or so I've been listening to it for about a month now yeah. when I first heard it I was like it's kind of um, techie not even t- like techie gives it the wrong impression but it's kind of that um, floaty airy tech rock thing and it's got a bit of um, uh quite a, l- a large amount of the the black gaze feel to it but i thought it didn't have the threat that uh-huh. we, spoke at the ho- we spoke at the holy fawn record which i think is infinitely 
better than this. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, Although I think it's quite different, but I do. It agree is quite different. Yeah, and, uh, well, well, it, for, for these reasons is why I think it's mm-hmm. different. Although uh, we didn't think that um, Holy Form were necessarily a black gaze band. I think they had the atmosphere and the threat and the menace of yeah. black metal. Yeah. I think this record is is good. Um, it doesn't have enough of the threat uh, oh, okay. of, of Holy Fawn. And for that reason, I've, when I first, it took me a little while to get into it. Um, I think it does feel quite... I can't think of a good word. I, the word in my head is clinical. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The word in my head is clinical because it all feels very clean. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's, it, feels, it feels quite clean and it feels... When I say Scandinavian and European, I don't mean it sounds like mayhem or whatever. No. I just think it's got a kind of a a seriousness to it. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Well, I'll fill in... My We're Siri not- just decided to be a cunt. Uh, <laughs> literally didn't touch you. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what she said. Um, so I will fill in the blanks for you there. So they started out as a black gaze, black gaze band. They started out as a pretty uh, a traditional, I suppose, is a weird one to say for a, quite a new subgenre, but a yeah. fairly traditional sub uh, uh, black, gaze, black gaze band yeah. with a little bit of singing, a little bit of screaming, like black metal style screaming. And then by the time their first album came around, which was Air, which came out in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, they completely got rid of all of the screaming and decided to go for, I think I think to go for exactly what you're criticising them for, which is to go for this more kind of airy, happy, um, happy heavy metal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they describe it, and I am going to use their description because it's the best that I can, that I've come across, is Dream Thrash. Yeah, it's not bad. And I suppose the reason I wanted to pick you up on saying it's just another one of those albums is I Dream Thrash. What other Dream Thrash? They've made that up, haven't they? I know they've made it up, but I, I, there are not many. This is literally the only band, um, bar one artist who I'll mention in a minute. But this is literally the only band I know of who attempt to make happy metal albums if that makes sense andrew wk uh no because i wouldn't say andrew wk's metal i was gonna say devon townsend okay um and he only did that for a small part of his career with epic clouds and addicted i suppose you could say as well he like but epic clouds specifically he was like i don't understand i love metal but i don't understand why it's always in minor key and always like yeah negative blah 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 that's true and and he was like so i'm going to make a happy heavy metal record um asteroid it's, album as well, it? it's wonderful mm. it's such a good album and it, it an epic cloud is definitely better than asteroid but then you know we're talking about devon townsend here who is yeah. a fucking mastermind genius yeah. um and asteroid for me are and i think for a lot of people actually um i nicked a quote from angry metal guy uh because um it was very very good he said in in reference to their first album admittedly he said that they hit the perfect sweet spot between something fresh and familiar Mm. which i think is exactly right like it does sound familiar in a sense and i do understand where you're coming from with that black gaze thing but i don't think it's i think it's actually quite a different take on black gaze because it's so much happier and so much more in the air yeah i <laughs> and I, spacey the and... problem that i have with that and and to be honest when i spoke to you about it i think if we had have done it last week i would have been far less positive about it yeah. than i am now okay. because actually i think the songs are good i do think the songs on this are very good and i do think I mean, I 
I don't think it's anything particularly original. Like I'm, I'm not having that. I don't think it's no? particularly. No, I don't think it's anything original at all. Really, I think that you know. But what else sounds like well, it? Death. I, th- I think like so. Here's th- so to compare it to say Death Heaven, right? Mm. Who obviously uh, and that last Death Heaven album was about love and about happiness and was a euphoric record. But I think Death Heaven got it from Asteroid with Air because well, Air, maybe Air, was, Air was maybe a, they did. Well, that in, might be. in the underground. Air was a big fucking deal. Okay. Like people went schizo over it. But Death Heaven still sound threatening. There's still yeah. something lurking in the background. I don't think anything lurks in the background of this record. I think it is. But I don't think they're trying to do that. Well, no, maybe they're not. But it just mean, makes it slightly less interesting to me. Okay, that's fair enough. Oh, that's fair yeah. enough. If, if that's yeah, yeah, not yeah. what you like, I think the songs fine. are good. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, I think yeah. the songs on this record are good. There's a couple on here that are, are really, really good. Um, what was the one? That, like Lost, the third track, I think is yep. fucking great. Yep. Um, I Wish I Was There While the Sunset is really good. And that's one of the ones yeah, where I, I was really like, that is like really that warm, actually. Yeah. Um, I really but, like Water as well, which is just before that song. Yeah, that's good as well. Um, it's 48 minutes. It Post I Wish That I Was There While the Sunset, that's when I start to go, yeah, you might have wanted to end it there. I do. I, I, I So I will... I, you know, despite the fact that I love this, I do really like this record. I really like this band. And I do think they're doing originals probably a step too far, but I do think they're doing something different. Um, I would say, because my only other reference point is Epic Cloud and Addicted by Devin, mm. Devin Townsend, really. Mm. Um, I admit, um, so a couple of things. A, I think Air is a slightly better record, um, which is their debut. Yeah. B, I think they have something which is quite different, but but they do stick to... They don't really go to many different areas beyond that happy, spacey, you know, double kick metal thing. Um, and I would have liked a bit more dynamics on this. I think it's okay if you have a, a debut record like that. I think you can just about get away with it if you have two records like that, if you're doing something a bit different. If Asteroid on their third record are still doing this without going anywhere else, without taking what they do and taking it into, I don't know, a ballad or whatever it has to be, like something just a bit different, a fucking country and Western tune, whatever, I think then we'll have problems. I think they've just about got away with it now. But yeah, I think I I personally would like a bit more um, heaviness from the. That's what I I would would actually quite like. I feel like. It could go a bit more extreme. Like Funnily enough, extreme. you probably need to listen to their EPs then, because right. that's where they did that. But the thing with the EPs is they are like a another Black Gaze band. Like yeah, they're, they're, they're not. They're not bad. I quite like them. I think it's called November, and I think the other one's called Stargazer or something like that. I, I don't dislike those EPs at all, but they don't. They don't sound distinctive from the other Black Gaze bands that are doing this. Yeah. Whereas with Air and this album, I it's like well that's asteroid mm. you can tell straight away um and i like that about them a lot i think i think it's really cool that they do that but like yeah i do i do agree with you that after six or seven songs it gets a tad repetitive yeah. um i don't think the answer is to make the record shorter i think the answer is to yeah go to, well, go to the, the answer places. on this record with what we've got yeah. is to make the record shorter because uh, sure. I, I think that like those two tracks would have made it a much more again a much sure. more concise and a much more um enjoyable listen yeah uh, i will not gonna if they're gonna add if you're gonna just have those two tracks and them not doing anything then i 
why they're there. I uh, will. And, and it I peaks. Will. I think it peaks with the the sun. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I will. I will say air suffers from the same problem as well. Mm. Um, the peaks there are track six and seven, which are fucking brilliant. Uh, and then it's kind of like, yeah, okay. There's another twelve minutes of this, yeah. which I don't really need. Um, but you know, I, I, but I, but I have a lot of time for them and a lot of respect for them because, like I say, I don't think this really bar epic cloud which i keep going back to i don't think it really quite sounds like anything else like uh, you say or, f- originals too too strong a word to use mm. but it is it is a bit different and 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 like you've admitted if they did what you want them to do they will sound like yeah it's true that i mean that is true heaven. i mean i was gonna you know i was kind of gonna come in <laughs> if i'd have come in last week having listened to it i was gonna be like well they're like vola or they're like you know like the whole what, bunch of other not as techie as vola no they're not as techie as vola but like there's it, it felt like a kind of middle ground between those quite sort of weedy tech metal bands mm-hmm. and like an attempt to be Shoe, black shoegazing music uh and they remind me uh, a little bit of a i think danish band called 22 who are in that vola kind of yeah, mold but yeah. yeah but yeah so i do but but having listened to it for another week i actually i, I would say i like it at this point cool, okay. i don't love it mm. i think it's all right i think it's pretty good i would be interested to hear where they go from this next yeah because if they are taking away which it sounds like if they're you know if they are taking away the harsh vocals if they are taking away the heaviness if you're just going to take something away but not replace it with anything, then mm. yeah, you know, like like you say, it's 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 changing it so that it's something that no one else is quite doing. But I'm not sure how much you're really adding to. I don't know. Like it's I would like a bit more. You know, like if they're going to go down that road, yeah. I'd like they've got to go on the next record. Go like a lot further down that road, it's, and maybe they will. Like you, yeah, obviously know a who lot knows? More about than me, it's, so. it's interesting. I was actually I had air down as a trade off, a potential trade off, and I had no idea they were releasing this new record. Um, but um, air certainly is a teeny bit more metally. Like there's more double bass for yeah. example in air double fucking uh, kick love metal, drum. Don't I? Fucking love metal. I fucking um, love metal I do. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I I I understand what you're saying, but then but yeah, like you say, I think if they did that then they'd sound like other people. So yeah, it's a sure. tough one. It is but, a tough one. But, but I think see. I I like it very very much. I yeah, would say decent. I think it's a very it's good decent. album. All right, so that's Asteroid by Asteroid and that is it from us next week speaking of loving metal. Oh, what we doing next week? Rotting Christ. Yeah. Rotting Christ. From Greece, one of the best mm. extreme bands of many of the generation, really. Uh, and Crystal Lake um, as well. They have a new record out. Both those bands will be I talking think. about them. I can't remember. Well, whatever it is. They've got an album out. Um, <laughs> whatever. Go to, whatever, Renfrey. Go to musicism.net and uh, put Riot in the checkout. In capital letters, you get 25% off all courses. Again, thanks to those guys for making this podcast happen. We'll be back next week talking about some fucking dametals. Uh, it's going to be well metal next week, isn't it? It's really metal next week. Really yeah. metal. Maybe yeah. we should just chuck an LCD sound system with it as well. Uh. No? All right, fair enough. I've chucked that out of you, didn't I? Out of nowhere. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Um, all right, cool. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We shall see you next week. Bye. Say bye to everyone, Renfrey. Bye. Ta-ta. I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> <laughs>